I've really been pressed about this subject. Um, I'm not sure it gets a lot of attention um, in the churches today. I believe uh, I'm surrounded by a group of folks here that are uh, more than kind and have taught me about kindness through the years. I've been gone, of course, 15 years, but prior to that, some of these folks were around, and now I'm, here I am, and the kindness continues to ooze from this church. And kindness isn't just a word, it's an act. And um, people here, they fight for each other. So, I mean, God's people, if anybody's going to be kind, it's going to be God's people. We've been covering that for the last two weeks, and so we don't take it for granted, but there's a lot here I'm going to kind of try to cover today. It'll just wrap this thing up, but just get you to thinking about kindness, and especially at a time like now. Oh boy, if God's people will ever express kindness, it's now in a world that is unkind. Whew, man. <laughs> but I always go back to, you know, the, the whole purpose, I mean, of expressing kindness is because God's love is in, in you. God dwells in you. And as a result of that, He shed the love of God in your heart. So the natural expression of every believer is going to be kindness. It's just natural. Um, but we don't always walk in the Spirit, and so sometimes we don't always express kindness like we should. And with that... Um, Sure, get this straightened out here. I'm going to talk about 1 Corinthians 13 4. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Um, the word charity here comes from the Greek word that had to be invented to describe God's love. Charity is simply agape love. And agape love, in its best definition, is to define God as unconditional love. It's not, I'm going to do this for you if you do this for me. It's, I'm a, it just expresses itself, I'm going to do this for you because I'm going to do it. And, and literally, that's what love is. It's unconditional love. I mean, and you notice that in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, charity is personified as a person. It's personified as Jesus Christ, who is love. And love suffereth long and is kind. Did you ever notice the, the order of that, by the way? Charity suffereth and is kind. And I always found that to be very interesting because really the test of kindness is when you are suffering. That's really when, when a lot of people stop being kind is when they start suffering and, and they just end up cynical, they end up grouchy, they end up bitter, uh, but yet real charity that's unconditional is always going to express itself in kindness. Because that's what love is. It's been best said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You see here that love or kindness is love in action. And it's a love that's not looking for something in return. That's really important. Because a lot of what we do, we look for something in return. And, and oftentimes, that's not what we're going to get. And because of that, we stop being kind. Uh, remember our text verse that started two weeks ago was Luke 6.35. He is kind to the unthankful and the evil. That's unconditional kindness. He's expressing his love to them despite the fact they don't appreciate it and don't care for it. And a lot of times we have acts of kindness to people and their response is something that 
quite frankly, we start to wonder why were we even kind to begin with? But real kindness is expressed out of love, rooted in love, which is unconditional, and so it gives. It's love in action, or kindness is love in action. It always has been and always will. It's not just being nice. People think nice, they get that confused. But nice just, you know, being nice, but kindness is an action. And we can remember the verse, while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. Over and over again, we see that God moved first. God expressed his love by giving. Now, how do we express our love? By giving. And, of course, that's what we do naturally when we have the Spirit of God and we're walking with the Spirit of God. So we talk about why would we want to be kind, even though others are not going to be kind in return, or they're not going to be thankful in return because of what God's been, how God's been kind to us. I'm going to talk a little bit about the expressions of God's kindness to us. The most obvious is the forgiveness of our sins. Now, I thought about this. You know, the longer you stay saved, you know, the longer you're saved, the less sometimes you you really think about God's forgiveness and the, the depth of his forgiveness. When, you're, when you first get saved, boy, it's fresh, it's real, it's powerful. But over time, as life tends to wear out on you, you there's just this think, thought process that you don't think much about God's forgiveness. You just take it for granted. But I've got a verse here that really brings it to light that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness through Jesus Christ. That's a powerful verse. You know what that verse tells me? That in eternity, God is going to take us, his people, and he's going to show them off for all eternity. He's going to show off the grace and his kindness that he had to them as vessels that didn't deserve it, but received it. And as a result, we'll be displayed. It's a God showing off us for all eternity. However, on the other hand, God is going to display his wrath for all eternity in the vessels of dishonor and those who rejected his grace and his kindness. And then God, ultimately, God will be balanced. His character will be balanced for eternity, displaying the vessels that were unworthy that received his grace and his kindness and those that rejected it. And yet God's displaying his character for all eternity. So there we see. God's kindness to us in eternity. The forgiveness of our sins is so powerful. Expression of God's kindness to us is He provides for our needs. It's just nobody could sit here and deny that God has not taken care of us. I mean, the problem is our expectations of what we believe God should do to take care of us. And then we compare ourselves with one another, which is unwise. And as a result, we, we have this standard when things don't go quite like they should based on our expectations, we get upset with God. And yet, God provides for every one of our needs, has been, continues to provide. It just doesn't always meet our expectations. Physical, emotional, spiritual. You say, well, you know, why is God allowing this to happen to me physically or emotionally or even spiritually? Don't forget that Whatever God's doing is an act of kindness to you. And that may not, because of your expectations, may not feel that way. You lost all, a lot of goods in your, a lot of folks lost goods in their home. It, it almost like it's like an act of unkindness toward you. But ultimately, God is acting in kindness to you, 
and he's teaching you something. He's instructing you. He may be chastising you. He's molding you. But ultimately, what he does for you, every one of us, whether we deem it good or bad, is for our good. Because Romans 8, we, oh, we quote it all the time like, we, like it's, it's the national anthem, you know. We all know that verse, don't we? All things work together for the good of them that love God, called according to His purpose. All things work together for good. So ultimately, the variations in physical, emotional, spiritual uh, peaks and valleys, He's still providing for us. And my God shall supply all your need according to His riches. There it is again in glory by Christ Jesus. He protects us from danger and harm. Is an expression. Wow, how many have a testimony of God protecting you? I mean, the older we get, the more we realize, wow, I can't believe I'm still alive. How many times have you said that? I mean, Thomas just got in an accident, didn't he, the other day? And, he, you know, he was talking about it just took, it was just one inch or one, one second difference, and he might have been a dead man. God protects us from day. It doesn't mean we're all, everything's going to go our way but he does protect us from danger and harm. The Bible says, fear not, Abram, I am thy shield. He protects us. We know in Job chapter 1, 2, and 3 that he puts a hedge of protection about us. God forbid he should remove that hedge. We know we've seen what happened in the book of Job, but God is protecting us, um, despite the fact sometimes it doesn't always feel that way. You know, my wife and I, the other day, we had a smell in the house, and I said, oh, honey, I think that's leftovers from your cooking. And it, she just has a nose like nobody else. And I said, listen, we'll open the doors. The smell's got to go away. It'll eventually go away. And, and, you know, that night we went to bed. We woke up in the morning, opened the doors, and I said, man, there's like a sulfur smell in this house. And um, I, couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. I said, well, it must be coming from outdoor, and it's, it's just, you know, the air in the house. I said, well, let's just keep the doors open for a while. We went away and came back around 4 o'clock. We had closed the doors. And I said, man, that smell, there's something going on as I walked around the kitchen. And lo and behold, the gas burner was on. Now, I'm surprised the, the carbon monoxide uh, didn't go off. It must have been low enough. to, But the, the, you could smell it in the house. And I thought to myself, you know, Eileen, do you know how many people die? Because the, the heater, the, the gas heater, the, the uh, pilot goes out and the gas continues to go off and then the alarms don't go off. I know somebody who died recently out, out in Georgia over that issue. And uh, so I thought to myself, you know, maybe it wasn't a major deal, but God protected us, Eileen. I mean, we could have been sleeping in our, gone to sleep. That gas could have been on a lot stronger than it was, but God, God took care of us. God's always protecting us. The little things, the big things. I am thy shield. That's an expression of God's kindness to us. So I got in an accident, I got hurt, I got crippled, then that's what God's will was. We fight that because our expectations, we shouldn't have that. We should be normal. God says, you got to look on the other side. This life is temporary. I say that with humility. As God, I don't want to be tested in this area, <laughs> if you know what I mean. I say it with humility. God, expression of God's kindness is helps us when we don't deserve it. We talked last week about he, you know, the goodness of God, which is his kindness, leadeth thee to repentance. 
God's not always about smacking you upside the head to get your attention. Sometimes he just pours out his blessings and goodness when you least deserve it. That's, that's a thought. He helps us, and that's grace. Isn't that the very essence of grace? Receiving something from God you don't deserve? <laughs> I mean, folks, there's a lot of things I don't deserve, but yet God just pours it on. I don't get it, man. I just Sometimes I, I just, I, I, I'm broken as a result of what, God, why would you be so kind to me? Because that's who he is. And it, it, it just draws me closer to him. To be more, I want to be more like him. He picks us up when we are weak or, or we fail, and that's often in life. We always try to be so strong, and we always, try to, we always try to express ourselves among people like we're not weak. But we are. We have all kinds of challenges and issues. And it, look what it says. He giveth power to the faint. To them that have no might, he increaseth strength. And that's a promise that God will do for you as an expression of his kindness. I, I parentheses, hello, Peter. How many times did Peter fail? The abundance of Peter's failure is remarkable. I mean, he was eye to eye with the Savior, with God. He's witnessed things that we've never witnessed, and yet he still denied him. But what did God do in John 21? He never rejected him. He never threw him out of the ministry, and he said, hey, Peter, do you love me? Yeah, Lord, you know I love you. And three times, he said, feed my sheep. That's, that's when we're weak, Peter was weak, and God picks us up and moves us along to get on with the business he's called us to do. That truly is an expression of God's kindness to us. So you ever wonder why God despises complaining and murmuring? Man. It's because we're not recognizing God's kindness. We take God's kindness too often for granted. The expressions that we just went through, and there's a laundry list we could go through of God's kindness to us, and we could testify to, but yet how many times do we find ourselves complaining? Something's not good enough. We want more. We need more. And may we be like Paul to be, learn to be content when we're exalted or when we're abased. But here we're Sometimes we just don't recognize God's kindness because we take it for granted. And Israel was guilty of this over and over. Reading Psalm 78, which is one of my favorite psalms, because it shows God's kindness toward His people over and over and over and over, the people responded unkind. They responded with, I want more. But why won't you do this, God? Or can God do this? Did you ever notice, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Why wouldn't they express it like God can furnish a table in the wilderness? But their doubt said, can God? After all he did, all that they witnessed, they sat back and said, oh, we want more. Give us more. This is what, at some point, God's kindness then ends. <laughs> and he has to deal with them in judgment, which he does in Psalm 98. And I'll say, well, you know, the best way to get yourself out of a mess of complaining and murmuring and not expressing or being thankful for God's kindness is 1 Thessalonians. Everything, good or bad, parentheses. Everything. That's a tough verse. When things aren't going well financially or maritally or physically or whatever, it says I'm to give thanks. 
Well, not for that one, Lord. I'll give you thanks and everything else, but not for that one. But he says, in everything, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, that'll keep you from complaining if you can live that verse. In everything, pastor has a great testimony about migraines. I'm just paraphrasing, quoting that he said he, he experienced them for quite some time, two years maybe, 25 years. I was off by a little bit, so two years. But he... He may have, but he got to a point where he, he learned this verse. He said, Lord, I'm going to thank you for my migraine, which was an act of kindness toward him. Say, that doesn't make sense. But it was somehow God used that as a thorn to keep him humble in whatever reason or whatever God's purpose was. But he learned, and then God seemed to alleviate those after he started to give thanks. I'm not saying that's the formula for you. That was the formula for him where he finally got to the point where he says, I need to give thanks for this. And when he did, things started to improve. And everything give thanks for this. We always should be grateful for God. You know why marriages fail? Because they take each other for granted. You know why your spiritual walk fails? Because we take God for granted. We want more. We think we deserve more. Why isn't God doing that? No, just give thanks and everything. And it seems to, to probably settle some of the matters. May God help us. So biblical examples here. So we've talked about expressions of kindness. What about examples? Mephibosheth. Second Samuel chapter 9. This, this is a story in itself. We could, we could just park right here. But in summary, this was Jonathan's son. Jonathan and David were best friends. Blood brothers by no doubt. Jonathan's now been killed in battle. His father's died. His grandfather, Saul, has died. Here's this boy, crippled, no one to care for him, probably worthy of death being associated at this point with uh, Jonathan and, and, and uh, Saul. And yet David comes along, finds out about Mephibosheth, and the first thing he says when he hears about him being crippled and Jonathan's son, he says, that I may show kindness of God unto him. Now, he didn't deserve this. In fact, he himself, Mephibosheth, said, I don't deserve, I'm just, I'm, I'm a dead dog. I'm unworthy. And you know what David did for that boy? He put him at the king's table. What? I mean, you imagine the men that surrounded king's, King David's table, and here's this crippled boy who considered himself so unworthy sitting at the king's table. If that's not a, a picture of the grace of God in our life and what we're going to be when we're with Christ in the kingdom, sitting and eating with him at the king's table. Unworthy, but David was willing to put him in an act of kindness that was expressed for all eternity as far as I was concerned. Now, there's all of us have stories of of kindness, acts of kindness that we've done, random acts of kindness, kindness to people. They don't always turn out, do they? That could be really disappointing. I'll tell you a story about a fellow by the name of Joe Zarzucki. I'll never forget this guy. This was about two, 1999. I was traveling down the road and going to an old church out in Cape Coral, and I passed this guy several times. And I didn't think much about it. You know, you see homeless people, you tend to just keep on going. You don't think about it. And one day God said, you got to do something for that guy. He just pressed on my heart. So uh, on a Thursday visitation, 
Uh, this guy, by the way, when I'd see him, he'd always go off into the woods. You could see he had this little path not too far from the church. And so one day I just parked my car on the side of the road and I followed that little path of trees and weeds all the way down good two, three hundred yards. And there was an old abandoned house right on the river. And I mean old and run down. And, and there was that boy, Joe, Joe Zarzuki. Now he's probably 30, 32 years old. Homeless. He's obviously a drunk, had some kind of problems, but God pressed on me to do something for him, talk to him about Christ. So I did. I got to share the gospel with him. Would you believe that boy came to church? I didn't expect that. <laughs> I had, didn't have the faith to believe, you know, I know how these things go. But that boy showed up in church the following Sunday. And he showed up again. And then what, it was amazing to see as he came to church how God's people rallied around him and expressed their love and kindness to him with acts of kindness. I mean, the next thing you know, this boy's coming in with, like at a point where the, the amount of clothes that people were giving him and buying him and the amount of gift cards they were giving him for food, I mean, he just poured it out on this boy. The deacons went as far as to uh, sign a lease for six months and put that boy in an apartment. And this it, there was a radical change happening in Joe Zarzuki's life as an act of kindness. Well, sad to say that over time he began to fade. He started to get angry that we weren't doing more for him because all that kindness, you know, they had poured it on, but now there's a point where you've got to move on. He expected more. You know, well, where's my next set of clothes? Where's my next gift card? You know, the air conditioner's not cold enough in the apartment. And he was just complaining and the boy faded. I thought to myself, you know, there's an, all these acts of kindness, and the boy didn't appreciate it. I don't know what he did. I, I don't know what happened to Joe. I mean, I know he went back to the woods. You know, the stronghold of his life, the, the alcohol, whatever the drugs got, got the best of him. I don't know what happened in his life. But I know this. It shouldn't stop us from doing the next act of kindness. It's not about what we get in return. It's about what we do because who we are. And that's what David said is, I'm just putting him at the king's table. We put Joe Zarzuki at the king's table. He didn't appreciate it over time, but that's not, let God sort the rest of that out. You know, Matthew chapter 25 talks about giving a cup, you know, to one of my, you know, to my children. You may not know that, but you're giving a, he remembers that. He knows that. It's an act of kindness. So the Good Samaritan helping a stranger in need. We all know the story. The Levite passed by, didn't do anything. The priest, but here comes the Samaritan, which was the least expected to help this, this stranger, and he takes time to bind up his wounds, heal the boy, put him in a, a place so he can, he can get some rest, and by the way, feed him. And if he needs any more, give him more. By the way, this is a stranger. Now, I always think, man, Lord, do I do enough acts for strangers? Sometimes a random act for a stranger would do you good. You ever been in a, a drive-thru or anything and you said, hey, I'm, I'm just going to give you 20 bucks for the people behind it. Make sure you, you take care of their meal. Just random acts of kindness. And by the way, give them this track. Try something like that. It's, but, you know, the Good Samaritan here, I think the teacher was teaching her little kids and said, uh, so what would you do if you found a man wounded and bloody? A little girl raised her hand. She says, I'd throw up. <laughs> no, 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 no. 
What would you do? Bartimaeus receiving sight. Beautiful picture. You know, as they were going through the streets, Christ, you know, the, the people were piling up, and Bartimaeus was, have mercy on me, O Lord. Have mercy. He was get, trying to get his attention over the crowds. And you know what those disciples were like? Shut up. Shut up. You're annoying us and annoying him. It wasn't annoying the Lord. It was annoying them. Well, what did the Lord do? He stopped. He approached them. He never challenged him. Instead, he asked them this. What will thou have me to do unto thee? He didn't say, hey, by the way, don't you see I'm busy? Don't you know I, I, I've got a hundred other blind people that want to be that want their sight? He didn't challenge him on any area. He just said, what can I do for you? That's the act of kindness that's expressed from the, from the biblical root of love. Kindness is always strong in difficult situations. This is really uh, important. Um, talking about people who have difficulty in marriages. You know, one spouse either gets out of the will of God, whatever, and in this case, you know, there's a little bit of mistreatment, they're unkind, and yet the other one is showing kindness throughout that by obeying God and, and, and doing what here says in 1 Peter chapter 3. It says, likewise, you, you wise, be subjecting to your own husband, that if any obey not the word, they may also be without the word, won by the conversation. The conversation of the wise, in this case, is their behavior, how they treat him in return. It's interesting that the Bible uh, is talking about the situation where the, the wife is in the right and the male is, the husband's not. I always thought that was interesting. And it says, like, your, your conversation your lifestyle and how you treat him can make all the difference in how he'll respond. Whew. And you say, well, that's really difficult. Without God, it's, it's impossible. It's not going to happen. And, but kindness is really strong. This is, to me, the woman is, the strength, is really the one who's strong in this. And I believe there's a reward for that. God will reward you for your kindness. Well, I haven't seen that reward. Well, it's not always on this side of heaven. We have to be trusting God that he's, He has our best interest in mind and that He will reward us. And so for the wife who's submitting herself to a husband, even though the husband's not doing right and she's showing kindness and he may not, will be a life changer for him. and can be a life changer for any relationship. There's so much to be learned from that. So a gentle answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger. Okay, men, I'm talking to you today. Any of you had an argument with your wife and she gives you the silent treatment? Any of you had that experience? Or do you have a wife that just loves to fight back? So, what, so some of us, so I had a wife that was just masterful at going silent on me, especially when I was young. I, you know, I was looking for a fight. I was looking for an argument, got approved. And she would just, she would be quiet. And I'd be like, aren't you going to say something? I mean, say something. Fight back. And she wouldn't do it. It's not just a gentle answer. Sometimes a no answer. Turns away wrath. She was diffusing that situation. And that 
That is an act of kindness, by the way. And, and so we could learn something from that. Therefore, if thy enemy hunger, feed him. And this goes back to last week's verse where Jesus said, Love your enemies, pray for them that despitefully use you. There's that. This is, the, this is the, in the Pauline epistle where he's just taking what the Lord was teaching. If your enemy hunger, what do you do? You have a, a, an act of kindness. You feed them. This is your enemy now. Whew. This is, this is not easy. This is a tall order. Give him drink. For in doing so, thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head. And that is really ultimately the acts of kindness toward people who are unkind can lead to overcoming their evil with your good. And the word good there is kind. Overcoming evil with good. Um, you know what happens to Christians, though? They want to overcome evil with evil. And next thing, it leads to bitterness and anger and hurt. And before you know it, they're the ones expressing unkindness to everybody else because they've been hurt. And that's exactly what God's saying. Beware of this. If you do this, which I know is difficult, but if you do this, God will heap coals of fire upon your head. You will, you will no doubt send them a message they can't fight against it. You can't win in that situation. Just like my wife going, when she went like that and I wanted to fight, she diffused that. It's like, I can't be angry with that. You know, it's not worth fighting anymore. So she knew she was heaping coals of fire on my head. And she was masterful at it. Now, we barely fought, just so you know. But when we did, I just don't even fight anymore. Because I know where it's going. But anyways, confession time. What kindness is not. We're going to wrap it up here. What kindness is not. It's not always pleasant. Well, it's, you know, this whole nice thing, let's be nice all the time, that's, the, that's not what I'm talking about here. Kindness is not always pleasant. There's things that are going to be said sometimes that need to be said that rub you the wrong way. If anything, this is sharper than a two-edged sword. You, you know, I will say it's not so much what we say sometimes as how we say it that can make a difference. I mean, you don't knock on someone's door and say, I want to introduce you to Jesus Christ. By the way, you're going to hell, straight to hell. But there's people who do that, by the way. And it needs to be said, possibly, at some point in time, but it's how you say it. I kind of move more to the positive, like, hey, let me talk to you about heaven. And by the way, sometime down the road, explain to you what happens if you reject this, there's a place called hell. It's just, it's not always pleasant. Kindness, I... When you're being kind to someone, you're giving them the truth, that's being kind, but it may not be kind to them. They just don't know it. It's an act of kindness. Let the righteous smite me. I thought this was interesting. It shall be kindness. I think about our pastor sometimes gets up there and just lets it rip. And, it, and, and that's a pastor's to feed the church of God. He doesn't hold back. He declares all the counsel of God. And doing so, there's going to be a lot of things that rub us the wrong way. Well, that's a good thing. That's actually being kind to us to get us to be more like Christ. But, well, we don't always like that. And the older we get, the more we're good at being, ah, well, I just don't need that. He, you know, 
He didn't know what he's talking about. But a preacher telling you the truth that offends you is not being unkind. Just remember that next time I'm up here telling you something you don't like. I don't always say it with, with um, uh, suave, or I don't always say it, I don't articulate it the best. I mean, that's just, that's just the consequence of getting up as a public speaker. It just happens. But believe me, the truth is truth. You can't, you can't hold back. And when you're offended by it, that's not being unkind. But people will always say that, that preacher is so unkind. It's, we already talked about this. Kindness is not weak. It, we talked about the, the wife who submitted herself to God to bring kindness to her husband who was unkind. Well, that's certainly a strength. I, know, I love this verse. He that is slow to anger, so it's about control. Remember my wife not saying anything? in the heat of the moment, the argument, that takes a lot of control. Because I'm sure there's a lot going through her mind which she wanted to say. And she probably had every right to say it, but she held back. She controlled her anger. And it says it's better than the mighty, the warrior. And he that ruleth his spirit, there's the temperance, the self-control, which, by the way, is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, temperance. He that is ruled the spirit, then he that taketh a city. So the one that can go in and and destroy a city is not as strong as the one that controls their spirit when dealing with people. So kindness is not weak by any means. And lastly, what kindness is not is compromising the Word of God. Being kind at the expense of truth is unscriptural. Very unscriptural. You're so oh, I don't want to. I don't want people to think I'm unkind. Well, by not telling the truth, you might be unkind. Jesus said, does this offend you? And he just got a discourse on his eating, eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And they, they didn't understand. It wasn't physical. He was talking about the spiritual. These words I speak unto you are spirit, he said. They were spiritual, but they didn't get that part. And so they were offended. He knew right away when he, they heard this, they were offended. And from that time, the Bible says, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. But that didn't stop him from telling the truth. He didn't compromise the Word of God. The ecumenical movement that's out there today wants to, they want to talk all about God's love, which is a beautiful thing, but they want to do it at the expense of sound doctrine. They give it up. They're like, well, we'll just put that aside to attract people. That's not how God does it. God, now the fundamentalists, unfortunately, have been accused of not having as much love and having sound doctrine. There's a balance there. It's having the love, but having sound doctrine. And, and, and so uh, there's going to be times where people are not going to agree with you, but certainly ecumenical movement is not scriptural because they're wanting to be kind, but at the expense of truth. Paul writing to the Galatians and having to really rip into them about works and grace and you know how they had moved away from grace, he says, am I therefore become your enemy? Become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Was Paul unkind? No. But Paul was not going to compromise the Word of God just so someone would think he's being kind. So being kind is many times telling the, telling the truth. It's just, again, it's not so much telling the truth as is how we tell the truth. How we express ourselves to others. And I always say this last verse here in 2 Timothy 2, you know, the, the, the servant of the Lord must be gentle. You know, when he's working with people, he's going to be gentle. He's going to be meek. 
He's going to be, by the way, patient. All those come under the umbrella of kindness. That's the, the servant of the Lord must not strive, but always be gentle, meek, patient with God's people or with people who don't know the Lord. But again, not at compromising the word of God. So with that, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer, okay? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this time that we've had together as your people to study the subject of kindness, Lord. We, we're so grateful for your kindness expressed to us every day in so many different ways. We talked about it this morning. Lord, help us to never take that for granted, to give thanks and everything. But Lord, to be also people who express, because we've been shown kindness, express kindness to others and acts of kindness. Lord, help us, especially during this season where so many, Lord, need to see the love of Christ expressed in kindness. May you help us to be that way. And may you receive all the glory and honors. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.